Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Devin Cheatwood. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit us on our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. The young man that's coming to minister today, I promise you, uh, nobody's going to stand behind this podium that has not had character, longevity, and is practicing what they preach. Y'all give a big hand to Devin Cheatwood. No, but I'm excited about being here this morning. Obviously, if you come here, you see me every morning, so you're like, what's different about this morning? You're here all the time. But I'm excited about sharing. I mean, I love this church. I love everything about this church, and I know that I am partial because uh, we helped start the church, so I have to love it. But um, seriously, I love uh, walking in and seeing people from all different walks of life and and people that look like all different kinds of people um, coming in and worshiping God together. I love going through kids' church and seeing them going crazy for Jesus. Um, And I'm not just saying that because my wife is over kids' church um, and she's standing right here. But I really think that it's awesome. Um, And I love this church and I love this family. Um, and there's in the first service, I, I, I worked through all my emotions. So, um, no, but there, this man like took me into his home. Let me live with him for a little bit when there was literally no reason for him to like he saw things in me that I didn't even see. Um, and so I'm forever grateful. There's nothing I'm going to be able to do to pay him back. Um, but I'm grateful for this opportunity um, and I'm grateful to be before you today. Um, well, before I start talking about what I'm going to get into, I'm going to do a little shameless plug for our youth ministry. Like I said, I'm over the students. And so um it's called the House Students, and we meet um, on Sunday nights at 6.30s for 7th through 12th graders. Um, and here's the thing. Um, I remember being in that season of life. I remember being that age, being in junior high, high school. So if you're a teenager, come on, I get it. I wasn't a teenager that long ago. Um, I remember it being awkward, like my body's changing. Like one day I sound like a 12-year-old girl. The next day I sound like a grown man. Like what is going on? <laughs> Sometimes when I scream, it doesn't come out like I thought it was going to come out. Um, and just really not knowing my place in life and not knowing like where I fit in and all this. And so I didn't really grow up in church. And so I didn't have that benefit. That's not a knock on my parents. They just, that's just not something that we did. And so I believe that I had to fight through a lot of things for a little bit longer than I would have had to if I was in church. And so I want to encourage you, uh, you may come to church just because your parents make you right now, or you may come to church and not feel like uh, you really belong here. You may be fighting through what you believe in, but I want to encourage you to stay in church. Um, I started going to church when I was 17. And like Stephen said, I came in and people were like lifting their hands and shouting and crying. I'm like, man, you are a man. What are you doing with what is this? Like, this is weird. Um, but I stuck with it and God really changed my life. And it's because I believe I was planted in church and I, and I came. So um, if you're looking for a place where you can belong, where you can uh, work through stuff, um, if you can feel safe and have some fun around other believers, come on, I want to encourage you guys to come hang out with us. Uh, we do our best job to make it fun, but also make it practical to where you can t- come, feel like you know how to live like a Christian and it's not spooky or weird. And so you guys come out and hang with us um, 630. Um, sweet. So we have been going through, come on, I got like four claps, come on, yeah. (laughs) So if you've been here the last couple weeks or not, we have been, we started a series called Just Be, okay, and so Pastor Stephen started talking about um, transformation and how we see authentic transformation in our lives, and so there's four points, um, and I get to share the third one, but the first two we talked about, uh, Just Be Faithful, 
Come on, and Pastor Stephen talked about how when you're faithful, it's more than just showing up, but it's showing up and making a difference and seeing fruit from that. Um, and then he talked about just be free, and he talked about voices and choices, and we all have to listen to voices, and we all have to make choices. And so those are really two of my favorite sermons that I've heard in this church, and I'm not just saying that because he's right there looking at me. Um, <laughs> but really, I believe that if you miss those, or even if you listen to them, I would encourage you to go back and listen to them again because I believe there are some concepts in there um, that can change your life. And I get to pick up where he left off, and I'm talking about just be developing. Come on, I'm talking about just be developing. And when we talk about developing, um, we're talking about growing your capacity to make an impact on the people around you. Um, And so real quick, I don't know if you guys ever kind of scroll back through your old Facebook. Do y'all ever do that? Like if it ever pops up on your time hop like five years ago, you said this. And uh, whenever I do that, it's always embarrassing. Um, It makes me turn red and that's really hard because I don't usually turn red. But I think like, okay, I had 2000, I had 200 friends in 2013, but nobody told me that this was stupid. Like (laughs) nobody helped your boy out. So real quick, I want to look back um, at part of my development. Come on, because you may see um, this man here before you and think, man, you look crisp. You look fly. Come on, you're looking good. You look put together. But I want to just tell you, it's been a process. And I believe that you can't know the, the full value of all of this in front of you until you see where I've been, if you see where I've come from. So real quick, uh, could y'all put up that first picture for me? All right. Yeah, there you go. Soak it up. Soak it up, you know. You know, I used to rock the mane. I had the cornrows. I don't really know. I don't really know what look I was going for right here, but I was killing it at the moment. I don't know what I was looking at. but um, I wish I could find the friend who took this picture and encouraged me to post it because I would kill them. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, all right, let's go to the, to the next one, to the next one. All right, sweet. So this one is from when we first started the church. And my outfit is a little bit better put together than the other one. But my hair, I don't know what I was doing. Obviously, Sydney did not help me out at that point. We weren't dating yet, so she didn't care. Uh, <laughs> But um, this was the first night that we ever had kids church. So this was my first time being in charge of someone else's kids. Um, And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to have them wrap me in duct tape, and I'm going to have them have a race and stick balloons on me. Now, there were only five kids there, and four of them were for Steven. Uh, (laughs) And there was another couple who came, and their daughter Allie was there. And so it was a quick race. It wasn't like a long race. Um, And so then we did worship. Come on. And I thought, you know what? What better song to put at the end of the worship set list for kids than MC Hammer, You Can't Touch This, right? And so Pastor Stephen came by and saw the kids doing the hammer dance. And he was like, you dirty. You're not supposed to make kids do (laughs) He's like, you can't make kids do the hammer dance in church, Dev. I was like, I I didn't know. I thought it would be fun. So, so, um, no, but I wanted to look at those two pictures um, because um, you could see part of my like physical development like you could see how my outlook has changed now I'm not saying that um, if you look a certain way then you can't develop that's not what I'm saying so don't say oh I gotta cut my cornrows or else I can't be cool Uh, no that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is that what you see on the outside of me the changes that have happened on the outside of me are really a representation of what has happened inside of me and the development over the years and so that's what we're going to talk about today Um, and over the past few years I mean, I've had a lot of opportunity to develop some things under Pastor Stephen, and so I've had to develop into a Christian. Um, First, I had to get saved, and so I think a lot of times we act like Christianity is just something that happens to us, but really it's something that God gives us that we have to develop. Like, you have to get good at the basics. Like, you have to read your Bible. You have to pray. So I had to develop those things. Um, I had to develop into a servant, and so I had to make myself come and do something that, that wasn't for me, 
that I would never get recognition for because that's what God had called me to do. Um, I had to develop into a leader. And so not only do I have to do things, but I can't ignore people in the process. Like I can't just be so busy doing stuff that people are talking to me. I'm like, get away from me, small person, leave me alone. Right. And so then I had to develop my singleness. Right. And so I had to de- I had to be good with being single. Like I had to if it was just me and God, like I have to be good um, because there's a misconception that if you just get married, things will be better, <laughs> right? And so my married people were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but we were in the car um, yesterday, me and my wife, and we were riding. Um, and I was like, Sydney, do you, did you ever think that, like, getting married would make stuff easier? She was like, yeah, I, I guess I did think that. Um, I was like, yeah, me too. I think we were wrong. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Right. You have to be good at being single before um, you get married. You have to develop things. I had to develop my work ethic. Come on. I used to if you pay me for 12 hours, I would give you a good three. <laughs> but now um, I had to develop my work ethic to where I'm going to work what I said I would work um, and I'm going to do what I said I would do. Um, and I think that as we're getting into this, um, we all like the idea of developing like we like growing we like seeing more increase we like to go to the next level but i don't think we really understand it um all the way and so i was thinking about what we ate for dinner last night this morning because it was still affecting me a little bit um, but you know my wife is a chef she went to uh, culinary school so sometimes you know she just throw down and i'm like i'm spoiled because when she was still in school she used to bring home all her assignments and i you know what i'm saying you can't see it in this shirt but i got a little pudge growing in on here okay uh, and so, but last night we had a long day. We did a lot of stuff. So um, I was like, yeah, let's just go to Walmart. Let's just grab something quick and let's just come back and make it. And so we got a microwave lasagna. Now, I don't know if you ever ate microwave lasagna. Um, I had never heard of microwave lasagna. But we just, I said, you know what? We young. We can just do it. If it takes a year off our life, it's fine. We're going to be happy. <laughs> and so we popped it in the microwave and then we took it out on the plate. And it looked really good. But... Um, it just didn't taste that good. Like, <laughs> it was kind of stale. It was kind of, like, hard to cut. And she was like, what do you think? I was like, it's good. <laughs> right? And so we were eating it. And I think that a lot of us try to do that with our development, right? We try to put our development in a microwave. Uh, we, we see these 10-minute videos on YouTube, how to grow your finances, how to be a millionaire, how to have a great relationship. And it's only a 10-minute video. And they want you to think that at the end of this 10 minutes, your life is going to be amazing. You're going to be great. Your life is still going to be pretty, ter- pretty much the same, <laughs> right? Because development doesn't happen in a microwave. Just like good meals can't come out of a microwave. Come on, I love when my wife comes in. I see, you know what I'm saying? She hand making everything. She's going to slide it in the oven, and it's going to take a couple hours. It's going to take a little while, then I'll bite into it. Come on, the juices, just ev- it's just good. Come on, it's something just about maybe like some barbecue that you smoke on a pit. Come on, it takes hours to do. But when you bite it, come on, it's finger licking. Come on, I'm getting hungry. I know some of y'all getting hungry, so I'm going to get all y'all in a little bit. But come on, it's just something that's so good about it just tastes better when it takes longer. And so that's the same thing with our development. It, it just tastes better when you get it and you know that you've done everything the right way. And so I have um, five points that I'm going to share about development today. I'm going to get into that. You know, usually I'm a youth guy, so usually I do like three-point max because I got about 15 minutes with them. So I'm trying to get the points in. But, you know, I put on a tie today, and they added two points. So you're just going to have to bear with me. Um, but real quick, I want to pray, and then I want to get into what we're going to talk about. Dearly Father, God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for each person that's here. 
God, I pray that as your word is being brought forth, God, that you would move me out of the way, God, and that you would speak through me. God, we're here to receive from you. God, we know that your Holy Spirit can minister to us um, wherever we're at, through whoever. Um, God, you use a donkey, and so I know that you can use me. In your son Jesus' name, amen. All right, real quick. We are going to open our Bibles to Hebrews 6, um, verse 1. Hebrews 6, verse 1. Um, and so this is a letter to the Hebrews, and it's basically, it says, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ, and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God. And so basically what this is saying is, come on, we have to grow up. Uh, we have to go to the next level. Obviously, we know that we need to repent. We need to live a lifestyle of repentance. Like we have to constantly be in repentance and we have to live that as a lifestyle. But um, it's time to move forward. Uh, we know that you have to have faith in God. If you're a Christian, you have to have a faith in God. It's impossible to please him without it. But it's time to go um, to another level. And that's what I'm going to spend some time talking about today. Now, I know there's probably a thousand things you can learn about how to develop, but I just know about five. <laughs> and so that's the ones I'm going to share. Um, send me an email with all the ones that I missed afterwards. I'm sure I probably won't read it, but I'll thank you for it. Um, <laughs> all right, sweet. So the first point that I have today is that if you're going to develop, you're going to have to decide to develop. You're going to have to make the decision for yourself that you want to develop. And so whether that's in your finances, in your spiritual walk with God, um, in your relationships, you're going to have to make the decision that I want to go to the next level. The next four points after this, they basically all um, are um, hinging upon if you're going to make the decision or not. And so real quick, in 1 Corinthians 13, 10 and 12, it says, When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man or a woman, I put the ways of child, childhood behind me. Okay? So you used to think like a child, you used to act, you used to reason, but now you have to change. And so you have to make that decision to change. I think it's interesting the difference in the way that children and grown men think. I just think it is. I, I think that when I was a kid, um, I used to always go in the refrigerator and just open it and just take whatever I wanted and just eat it, drink all the Kool-Aid, just eat everything up, and then just leave the refrigerator wide open. And then my mom would always pop me and make me go clean the, close the refrigerator. And I'm like, why are you popping me every 10 minutes? She's like, well, you should close the refrigerator. But as a kid, I didn't think about it. Uh, we have nine, I had nine, oh wait, I have eight siblings, there's nine of us total. Um, and so anytime something happened, it would always be somebody else's fault. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it was one of, one of your other kids. <laughs> And so, but um, as, a, as, my, as my parent, my mom would always know who did it because she just had like this instinct. I don't know. I think it was like a superpower. She'd be like, no, I know it was you. It was your mark. No. <laughs> but um, another thing is like kids that come, come to our church, like uh, Stephen's son, Trevor, um, he always texts me like every day at four o'clock and he wants to play video games. And he knows where I work. He knows that I work at the church. He knows that I work for his dad. And he knows exactly what time I get off. Like, I get off at 5 o'clock every day. Like, 5 o'clock is when I get off, and it's a 30-minute drive home, so I'm at home at 5.30. That's what time I get home. But he takes me at 4 o'clock every day. Hey, you want to play video games? I'm like, Trevor, you don't get that I'm not home at 4 o'clock? Like, I'm just, yes, Trevor, I'm just going to bust out the PlayStation, like, right in the middle of work, and your dad's going to be fine with me doing that. Like, <laughs> you know, it's interesting that Steven never takes me at 4 o'clock. Like, hey, let's play video games, because he knows what I'm doing, right? <laughs> Children and men think differently. Um, Here's the thing. There's a few decisions that you're going to have to make if you're going to develop. Um, and the first decision is that your growth is more important than your insecurity. 
um, your growth, you have to decide that my growth is more important than my insecurity. And what I've noticed in my life is that every time I've overcome an insecurity, right behind that was more impact. And so anytime something was hard, anytime something was difficult, anytime I felt like I couldn't do something, when somebody said, hey, you could do it, or when I discovered that I could, or just tried it, um, I realized that I have more impact now because I overcame that insecurity. Why? Because people um, are all insecure, but when they see that, hey, you could do it, and you're not like that awesome, maybe I can do it. Maybe I can follow somebody like that. So um, impact always uh, follows when you overcome insecurity. Um, the second thought you need to know, the second thought you need to decide is that where you're headed is more important than where you've been. Where you are going is more important than where you started at. Um, I cannot look around at everyone else and say, well, if I had a healthy family when I was a kid, maybe I could do something for God. Or maybe um, if I had this education or if I grew up in that neighborhood. No, I'm, I'm not worried about that. I'm looking forward and I'm pressing forward and I'm fighting for what God has given me because he's given us all something. Um, and, and the Bible never says that God is fair. And I think that a lot of us are looking for God to be fair. Like, you should give me what you owe me because you gave them that. No, God doesn't work like that. He gave some one, he gave some two, and he gave some five. He didn't say to the one, bring me ten. He just said, bring me two. So he gave you the ability to double, and it, you can make excuses about what you have, or you can just go out and do what he's called you to do. So you have to decide that where you're going is more important than where you've been. And then the last decision you need to make is that how you grow is more important than what you grow. How you grow is more important than what you grow. And that's talking about your character. Um, I think it's easy sometimes to look at your finances and say, oh, this is in shambles, or your relationship, and say, ah, oh, maybe, you know what, my marriage is terrible. Man, if I just had a new wife, I'm telling you, life would be good. Uh, or your kids are misbehaving you like, you know, it would be really awesome if I could just kind of take their kids and kind of exchange a little bit. Come on, our kids kind of look a little bit alike, so maybe I could get over with it. Or maybe... Um, that would be the same as saying, like, my finances are in a wreck, so I'm going to go rob a bank, right? You can't just switch out everything that you don't like about life. You have to get what you have and make it better. God gave Adam the garden. He didn't say, Adam wasn't in the garden, like, you know what, if he would have gave me a city, that, if we had these things called cars, that would be awesome. No, God, Adam put his hand to it, and he developed it, and he grew it. So you have to decide that how you grow it is more important than what you grow. There's no um, get-rich-quick schemes in the kingdom. There's no accelerator. There's no skip. There's no back to the future. Like, you can't just hop around. Um, you have to put your hand to what you have and grow it, and it's going to take time. Um, you're going to have to put it in the crock pot and not the, and not the microwave. Um, so you're going to have to decide. Um, the second thing you're going to have to do after you make the decision, um, you're going to have to submit. Come on. And I know that a lot of us, we do not like this word. Submit? What do you mean submit? I don't submit to nobody. Right? Um, but in 1 Peter 5, 5, it says this. It says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. Come on, some of y'all. Um, but then it says, all of you. So don't think, oh, he's talking about you, you young people. No, he said, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Come on, we all have to submit ourselves to one another. We all have to find something um, to submit ourselves to. And I want to talk a little bit about what submission is. And so when I think about submission, what does that really mean? Because the, I feel like the definition is kind of like, ah, I don't really know. In church they say one thing, but then in other places they say something and it means something different. Um, the first thing you're going to do if you submit is you're going to have to sit. Um, you know, I'm not a gardener, um, and I do not like dirt. I do not like to touch it. I do not like seeds. I don't like waiting. I just would rather go to the store and buy a watermelon. Why would I have to plant one? I feel like gardens are a waste of time. But, <laughs> but 
I think it's interesting that gardeners, you never see them put a seed in the ground and then come back 30 minutes later like, I don't think it's getting enough sunshine right here. So I'm going to take this up and I'm going to go put it over there. I don't think it's getting enough water right here. So I'm going to take it and I'm going to move it. No, they know that if you just sit the seed in the ground, then earth will do what, it's, do what it does and it'll get sunlight, it'll get water, and it'll grow. So you're going to have to sit in one place. Um, you're going to have to sit in one church. You're going to have to sit in one life group, and you're going to have to grow regardless of if you feel like, oh, this is awesome. Some days it's going to feel awesome, and then some days it's going to be like, oh, I don't know if I got anything, and he really just offended me, <laughs> right? But you have to make the decision to sit um, under one thing. Um, the second thing you have to do is sow. You have to sow. In other words, you have to place your seed in the ground. And, and Pastor Stephen talked about it a little bit earlier, but wherever you want to go, I believe that you have to put your finances in that area. Um, you have to sow where you want to go. So if I want to have a great um, relationship with my wife, I'm going to have to spend a little money on date nights. Now, every now and then, it's cute to go do a little free picnic with some lunch meat. But after a while, she's like, hey, I want some steak. I want to go out. I want to go see a movie. I want to get dressed up. So I'm going to have to invest money into my relationship if I want to go there. So you have to sow where you want to go. If you want to grow spiritually, you have to invest money into your church. Why? Not so that we can, all the church staff can be living La Vida Loca. No, it's because the Bible says that wherever your treasure is, your heart is also. So wherever you place your money, that's where your heart is. And so if you want to put your heart into something, you want to develop it, you have to put your money there. But also you have to put your time, you have to put your talents. Come on, you have to put an effort towards that. And so um, the last thing you have to do, if you're going to submit, you're going to have to serve. You're going to have to serve. Um, because service always unlocks favor. Anywhere that I've been, um, when I've served, um, people have noticed me even when I haven't tried to be noticed, right? So you have to make the decision that I'm going to come and I would do something that I will never get recognition for simply because God has called me to this place and I'm submitted to the godly authority here. Here's the thing. You serve even when it's hard. You serve even when you don't feel like it. And you serve even when no one says thank you. I remember um, me and Sydney, when we first started Kids Church, we would stay up to like 2 a.m. coming up with kids curriculum and coming up with dance moves to worship songs and working out the schedule and saying, oh, yeah, we're going to do this game and then this game. It's going to be awesome. All the kids going to get saved. Hallelujah. Amen. Right. Out of the whole year that I did Kids Church, not one kid ever came up to me and said, Devin, you know, I just really want to thank you <laughs> for all the hard work and everything that you do here. Like when, you, when we did that worship song and we did those motions, it really just brought me to tears. And the way you taught us how to play that game, oh, it changed my life, Dev. Thank you. Thank you. Like no kid ever did that to me. In fact, they did like the complete opposite. <laughs> they ruined the games. No. <laughs> no, but, you know, I had to make the decision that, you know what, I'm submitted to this house. This is what Stephen has asked me to do. This is what God has called me to do. And so I'm going to do it even if I get kicked in the shins 22 times. I'm still going to show up and they're going to see that God is exciting and that it's fun and this is a place where you can come and grow. And so you're going to have to find a place um, and a great place to start is in church. Um, find, we have welcome mat. We have the sound team. We have worship. But if you can't sing, please don't come out to worship because they're going to tell you that you can't and then it's gonna be, you're going to be offended. So I don't go. I don't go to worship to sing. Um, and so you can find an area. We have kids church. Come on. If you feel like investing in the next generation, I'm telling you, kids church is the best place um, that you can serve. It's awesome. It grew me so much. Um, and also my wife, is, this message is sponsored by Cindy Chiwood. So, <laughs> so you're going to have to serve. So if you submit um, you're going to have to sit, you're going to have to sew, um, and then you're going to have to serve. 
Um, next, you're going to have to connect. So after you make the decision, hey, I'm going to grow, and then you submit to authority, um, you're going to have to connect with some people. And so what is your friend group and where are they headed? Because I can tell you where, where you're headed. There's this stat that's like you're the average of your five closest people. So I'm always trying to get my average up. I'm like, okay, I'm hanging out with people who have more than me, who know more than me, who are smarter than me, who do, who have a better marriage than me, who have kids already, because I'm about to have a kid, so I don't want to ruin that one. Um, <laughs> and so I'm always trying to get my average up by hanging out with people who can take me somewhere. And so if we're not careful, our friends will be taking us down instead of up. Real quick, I wanted to look at um, Proverbs 18.24. 18.24. Um, it says, one who has unreliable friends, soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. But if you have bad friends, if you have unreliable friends, come on, I know some of y'all have unreliable friends. Don't raise your hands. Don't look at them. Don't point at them. Um, but they will bring you to ruin. And so I wanted to ask three questions real quick about the people in your life. Um, and the first one is, who is leading you? Who do you have in your life? that is leading you. Obviously, I know like God leads us. God is the ultimate. He's the head. Uh, we follow Jesus. I get all that, the Holy Spirit. But who on earth is leading you? Like who is a man or a woman in your life that can speak into your life that can take you somewhere? Um, obviously, mine is Pastor Stephen. And so uh, we use the analogy for Paul, Barnabas, and Timothy a lot, but I don't really know them like that. So I'm just going to use real people in my life. And so um, Pastor Stephen is someone who can speak into my life that I've allowed to come in and he can speak and he can say correction without me feeling like he hates me. <laughs> he can encourage me um, and he can lead me somewhere. And if we're not careful, we'll say, oh, I can, I can do this by myself. I don't need nobody. I mean, come on, y'all see this suit? I'm pretty good right now, you know? And I'm like, man, I don't need you, man. No, but who's leading you? We need someone, a godly man, because all throughout the Bible, you see that God picked someone to lead his people. He picked Moses. Come on, he picked Joshua. He picked Joseph. He picked Jesus. Then he sent Paul and Peter. Like, God has always sent a man to lead his people. And so if you are not following someone, you need to find someone. They don't have to be um, T.D. Jakes. They don't have to be all this. All they have to do is have one step above you. So if you see, if you, if your relationship is struggling, don't be prideful and just let it struggle. Find someone who has an awesome relationship whose wife actually likes them um, and go and take them to coffee and say, hey, tell me how to have my wife not hate me. Like, it's simple. Um, the second question you need to ask about your relationships is who is walking with you? And so that will be a Barnabas. And I have Heath, Heath Creekmore. He's over the uh, ushers here. And Heath has a position in my life to where he can call me out on stuff that may be just ordinary walk of the person. If they said it to me, I might throw hands. But if he says it, I know that he's looking out for me. And so that doesn't mean that everything is all good. Like we're not kumbaya. Let me tell you about my best friend. No, it's not always like that. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes he says something, and I'm like, Heath, bro, if you don't get on my face right now, like we about to, we about to have words. I'm about to say things that are ungodly to you, and you're going to look at me different, right? But the Bible says that um, iron sharpens iron, and so one man sharpens another. And so I don't know if you ever rubbed iron together, but it, it warms up a little bit. And so sometimes you have friction, but you have to make the decision that I'm in it for development, and so this person is going to help me go somewhere. And I'm going to tell you something. Heath is one of the, the most, he has the highest character of pretty much anyone I know. And so um, my character wasn't all that good when I first met Heath. And so I started to see that in him. And I said, you know what, I'm going to let him into my life and call me out for some of these things. And he's taking me to another level. Um, and then the last question you have to ask is, who is following you? Who is following you? Who's behind you? And so um, I have kids who are in youth group who follow me, um, Hunter, um, Isaiah, James, just teenage boys who follow me. And here's the thing. I never went to them and said, hey, 
you should follow me because I'm awesome. And they never came to me and said, hey, I want to follow you because you're so awesome. Like, no, it just happens naturally because anytime you're anywhere that has people, someone is going to be following you. And so if you have kids, obviously your kids follow you. But if you're at church and you're serving, there's a younger person here who's looking up to you and you can't do anything about it except for go and be intentional about investing into that relationship. Um, I think one of the biggest things that Stephen has ever done uh, in my life, one of the most impactful things that we've ever done is not like travel on the road and go preach and see thousands of people saved or whatever and lay hands on people. But I think it's just we went and played basketball together. Like He just got a basketball and we just went to the gym and we played hoops together. And here's the thing. I mean, I was watching his game a little bit and I remember questioning like, why does he keep doing this to himself? Like every, you know, like he don't know that this crossover, I mean, what is, he losing every time, but you know, every time. Um, but here's the thing: every time we we stopped playing basketball for like the first few months, every time we got back in the car, there was an immaturity in me that I had reacted the wrong way. Uh, there was something I had did I had lashed out. There was something in me that he saw that he knew that if if I can get a hold to what he loves, then I can speak into his life. And so that's what I do. I'm telling you, over the last year. I've eaten more pizza <laughs> than I want to. <laughs> I play, I know more about video games than, it's kind of embarrassing when people start talking to me about it because I'm like, I can tell you about this, that, that, that. Why am I doing that? Not because I want to act like I'm 12, but because I'm ministering to 12-year-olds and 12-year-olds are looking up to me and so I have to step into their world. And so when we play a game and they rage out and throw their headset at the TV, I have to be like, bro, look, this is a video game. Like, you can't just rage out and throw stuff at people. Like, that's not what Jesus would do. <laughs> and so you have to find the people. And it could be something simple. If you're an older woman in our church, um, there's a young married woman who needs some guidance, who needs some leadership in her life. You just take her out to coffee. Um, if you're an older man, you just pick up a teenager or, or a young adult um, and have them go help you paint, their, paint your house. Come on, get some free labor. Um, and also open up the door. Come on, Stephen really is great at getting free labor, I'm telling you. <laughs> I have... But I'm telling you what, I know how to do so much stuff around your house. I'm, I'm for hire. <laughs> but you just pick them up and say, come with me and go do this. And you just live life and then you invest in them. It doesn't have to be something crazy. And so in your connections, who is leading you? Come on, who do you have who can speak into your life? Who's walking with you? And then who's following you? Who are you being intentional about um, investing? I believe that that's one of the greatest things we can do, invest in the next person. Because just like Pastor Stephen said, I'm going to die one day. Now it's going to be a lot longer after pastor Stephen, hopefully because um, he got a lot of gray up there right now he's looking <laughs> but um one day i'm going to and i'm gonna have to have someone to pass it off to i don't believe that god is like okay you did great ministry and then when you're dead i'm just gonna stop moving no he's saying look invest in the next so that someone can come up and carry the baton and take it and so we got to have our connections if we're going to grow um the, the next thing is you have to be willing to learn you have to learn um if we're going to go to the next level uh, we have to learn. It's just like school. Come on. You, you went to kindergarten. You went to first grade. Every year, they teach you something new. And if you don't learn it, what do they do? They just hold you back. <laughs> and if you don't learn it, they just hold you back again. And so you have to be willing to learn. Um, you have to be teachable. Okay? And so we use teachable a lot. We use the word teachability. Um, and so I wanted to spend a little moment kind of explaining, like, what is teachability? Is it just, like, wanting to learn? Or what, what does that really mean? Because we use it a lot. Um, and teachability really boils down to two things. Um, it, it, it's your desire to learn. So you have to want to learn. Come on. You have to want to know how to get to where you want to go. Okay. Um, if you don't want to learn, then there's no reason to sit in listening. If someone came up 
and started talking about quantum physics right now, I'm going to just tell you, my brain would just go to lunch. Like I'm, <laughs> like, I'm not listening because I don't care about, if you are passionate about quantum physics, it's not a knock against you. I just don't care about it. Um, and so I would not want, I don't have the desire to learn about that. Does that make sense? Um, and so the second part of teachability is you have to have a willingness to change. Come on, you have to want to change. It does you no good um, to come and learn if you're not going to change what you do on a daily basis. You could come up to me and teach me how to make a million dollars in 20 years, but if I go and spend all my money when I get paid this week, guess what? I didn't change anything that I did, so I'm not going to become a millionaire. Um, so you have to have the willingness to learn, the desire to learn, um, and the willingness to change. Real quick, I wanted to use this analogy of a jacket zipper. Um, and so teachability kind of, un I believe, unlocks your potential. And so if you've ever had a zipper jacket or if you ever had kids, you know how easy it is for them to destroy um, a zipper jacket. Just teeth start missing out of it. Just things get, and they can't zip it up. Now they're just rocking it like it's always supposed to be open, but really supposed to close. Um, and it's because whenever you zip up a jacket, um, the two things have to be in line. The two uh, tracks for the zipper, they have to be in line. If they're off, then the, the zipper won't work. Um, it won't work. And so on our left side, um, that's like our potential, okay? And so we all have God-given potential. God has given us all the potential to double what we have. I talked about it earlier. Some have one, and God is just calling you to bring back two. It doesn't matter what everyone else has around you. God is just calling you, and he's giving you potential. Um, he, he knew you in the womb, and he has a plan to, uh, for you to prosper and to do good. So you have potential. Um, the, the other side is your teachability. And so I believe that as the zipper goes up, that represents our development. And you can only go as high as your teachability lets you. You can only go as high as your teachability lets you. As you go to the next level, if you decide, I'm only going to be teachable until I get to this point, then guess what? You're going to stop there. But I don't believe that's what God has for us. I believe that he wants us to continue to learn, continue to grow, continue to go to the next level. And so if we're not careful, we'll let pride We'll let insecurity, we'll let all these things kind of squash out our teachability, and we won't want to learn from anyone. Um, and so our potential will still be there. God is still saying, hey, I want you to do something great. I want you to do something amazing for me. But we're stuck at a certain level, and we wonder, God, how come you use them? Well, because they're teachable, and they're, they, they have a willingness to change and a desire to learn. So we're going to have to submit. Obviously, we're going to have to connect. We're going to have to learn. And then we're going to have to fight. We're going to have to fight for our uh, development. And here's the thing, this is one of the biggest lessons that I had to learn. Um, real quick, I wanna read James 1, 2 and 4. James 1, 2 and 4. Um, and it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Come on. So here he is. He's talking about trials. Come on. And he says, count it all joy. And so for me, when I go through trials, that's not really like my tendency. I'm not like, oh, my dog died. Yay. I'm so happy. I don't think that's what he's talking about. I don't think that's realistic. Um, but what he's saying is that you can, when you have tribulations and trials, don't let it take you out. Come on, because you know that there's, there's something at the end of it. Come on, you're going to have maturity because you have produced perseverance. And so here's the thing. I had to switch my mind about my development. Um, because I used to feel like people owed me something. I used to feel like when bad stuff happened to me, that it was someone else's fault, and that I had bad stuff happen to me, so this is my excuse to stay right here. Like, I can be, if I just get a little bit better, you should really be clapping for me because I had such a bad start, right? Maybe if I had a better family, then I would do more. Or when bad things happen, uh, we feel like, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. This is, this is my level. 
No, God has more for you. And he's not sending bad things your way. He's adversity is not happening to you so that you can stop. It's not like God's way of saying, so, hey, slow down. No, it's his way of saying speed up. Like, I'm going to use this to grow you. And I spent a lot of time thinking that, you know what, the fact that my dad wasn't in my life was the reason why I couldn't go to certain levels. But really, it's the reason why, I, like, I know how to live because, I've, like, I know what it's like to need a father. And so now I can connect with people and I can use that. And now people can feel that and I can speak into someone's life that maybe other people can't. And so I don't know what, like, what hard thing you have right now. I don't know if you feel like you had a bad start. Or that your development kind of got off track or your zipper is kind of messed up. But what I'm saying is that God can fix it. God can put it back in place. God can empower you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.